0: Hey folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today I am grateful to have entrepreneur
1: Dave Will of Prop Fuel. Welcome to the show. Hey Mark. Oh, damn it. I I I I stepped on you there. Hey hey, Mark. <laughs> are you gonna make this, are you gonna make this difficult on Thomas? But yeah. <laughs> Let's just start over. Sorry, hey, we're just gonna start over. That that was an unusually long pause.
0: Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I'm grateful to have Dave Will of Prop Fuel. Dave is a business owner and entrepreneur. Hey,
1: Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. I can't wait to talk to you. Yeah, you and I tend to, to go all Joe Rogan on things. We tend to go off on all these different tangents. So I can't wait to see what tangents we get into today. Well, let's follow. Or, or is today the day we stay really focused? Are we going to be focused today? or Are we going to be all wild and tangenty?
0: Well, you know what? Let's see where it goes. What do you want right. to
1: talk about? Oh, boy, I, I, I want to talk about technology, I wanna talk about trends. So let's talk about it. Let, so let's get some background first and foremost.
0: What is PropFuel?
1: Uh, so PropFuel is a software platform. It's it's a SaaS software, SaaS, uh, for those listeners that aren't familiar with software, it's called Software as a Service. And it's generally a, a subscription, SaaS companies are subscription software that are cloud-based. Now, ours is a B2B platform that allows um, organizations to communicate um more effectively with their constituents and and what i mean by more effectively is to communicate in a more of a human way to communicate in a way that's more conversational in nature because mark when you think about the way we tend to communicate with large groups of people like if you just imagine an organization that has you know hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of constituents that they're talking to for us we work with associations primarily like National Association of uh, Automobile Dealers or something like that. And there's tens of thousands, like Air Force Association, we work with as well, and and 100 plus other associations. Um, But they've got tens and tens of thousands of members. And so the way most organizations, including businesses, interact with their constituents is by broadcasting emails. So what PropFuel does, the software is about listening more than it is about talking and what I mean by that is it's designed to mimic human conversation, so it might allow you to send an email with a prompt but very quickly it goes into a question and gives you multiple ways to answer. And then, based on how you answer it takes you down a certain journey, as opposed to sending an email with a huge number of words and links everywhere that you can click on. So it's, it's designed to mimic that human interaction It's a two-way exchange through email as opposed to a broadcast. And that's what PropBuel does.
0: So do these associations get better feedback based on a platform such as this?
1: It's, it's um, well, sure, they do, but it's designed to drive better engagement which engagement. means and the word engagement is very yeah, it's it's vague right like what does engagement mean I think the way most people define engagement is is uh, people are doing something right at the, at the highest level
0: they're what's that taking action
1: taking some kind of action Uh, Some would argue engagement is more of an emotional connection. Some would argue it's more of a transactional uh, connection. I I probably fall on the lower side of that uh, uh, comparison where I think any kind of transaction is actually a level of engagement and there's different levels of engagement but even just in, clicking on something in the email is is engagement to a certain degree. I think the best kind of engagement is actually talking to us, giving feedback like like you just suggested. Um so yeah, the goal is to drive greater engagement with your customers, with your members, with your um uh, uh, whatever. I I can't think of another entity but your customer it, it, it's a, whoever your constituents are, fundraisers for example. Your members. So yeah. So what members, would be yeah, referring to associations, associations really are member based organizations, but there's also a lot of corporations like the one everybody thinks of is Netflix right Netflix has members as well.
0: So what would the goal be to better understand the members needs customers wants and desires
1: and, and deliver to them? Is that the goal? Uh, that's a great question. So is that the goal? I I think that's the how. The the understanding needs is more how we accomplish the goal. And there's different goals that an organization has. Like a a member-based organization, A, wants to acquire new members. So their goal is to get people to sign on, become a member, get a new customer, like member or customer acquisition. That would be a goal. How? Well, we wanna understand Our prospective customer prospective member needs more so that we can prove the value based on their needs right there at that moment. uh, So that we can make them a new member, so the goal would be make them a new member make them a new customer, the how would be to understand their needs another goal would be. To show them a good experience in their first year, so they come back and renew the second year that's new member onboarding Uh, another goal would be to get them to renew. Another goal would be to get those that didn't renew to come back. That's a win back campaign. Uh, And other goals include getting them to sign up for things. Um, uh, There's and you have dormant member win back. I mean, there's there's a million reasons why you might want to understand somebody's needs better, but uh, those are just some examples.
0: And prop fuel is the how.
1: Yeah, prop is the tool that allows you to easily and quickly uh, construct these emails with the questions baked into them in a marketing automation format. So like marketing automation tools are really good at broadcasting and creating drip campaigns um, and, and tracking all that data prop is really good at uh, a lot of the same stuff, but with the element of listening. It's, it's almost as if you took a survey and married it to a, uh, an email system. Like you put those two, things, marketing automation in a survey, you put those two things together, and that's, that's what makes PropYool. It's It doesn't replace marketing automation or email. You still, generally speaking, you still probably need a broadcast system, an email system, a marketing automation system. PropUl is a real niche product. It's designed to be a set of ears, not a megaphone.
0: That's interesting. So how did you come up with the
1: concept and idea behind PropFuel? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'd love to say that we had this brilliant vision for conversational engagement. That's what we call this, by the way, conversational engagement. But that's not at all the case. The, The reality is and I think this is true for a lot of entrepreneurs. They say you're supposed to identify a problem, test the problem, then go out and solve the problem. And that helps that'll create your product for you. The, the Where that becomes a challenge is uh, the quality of the problem that you've solved better be pretty good in order to make a business around. Now, the people like Steve Jobs and, and Bill Gates, they were brilliant at, at identifying a problem. Uh, I'm aging myself a little, going back to Bill Gates as a as an entrepreneurial example, but like Elon and and even Google. And and I mean, what these guys did is they, they went out and identified a problem and built these huge businesses all centered around their original problem. We weren't like that. So five years ago, we started solving a problem for employee recognition. We thought, you know, uh, leaders want to recognize employees more and employees want to be recognized more. Let's make a system that helps people do that. Well, what we discovered is like, it's cute and people like that, but not enough to actually want to pay a significant sum of money for it, it might pay a little. Um, and then we went into like member, or, um, sorry, employee feedback, and then we went to customer engagement, customer feedback, and that was a little bit better. Every every pivot, every shift was a little bit better, but ultimately we found associations. And I had a business prior to this that worked with associations, so we ended up going back to home base, the the the, um, the, the people that we knew actually where we know their problems inside and out we know that member acquisition and member retention is a problem we know a lot about these organizations and we took the product that we had created for some other problem for some other group of people and we applied it to them and ultimately that's when we found our product market fit like product market fit is such a cool topic and and um and a very difficult thing to find but you know when you found it too So that's an interesting evolution of the company. And then
0: going back full circle to what you really know, were you able to capture some of your relationships from the old business, the former business?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those relationships never went away. Um, I was in touch with a lot of those people. I mean, so my last business called Peach New Media was a learning, learning management system, another software company. And yeah, it was, we had that, company for um 14 years before i sold it and uh yeah so and and i'd say 12 of those 14 years i was working with associations so yeah lots of friendships and and relationships and it really it was it was like nothing it was like a blink of an eye to get back into this community that we knew so well and i say we because uh at at the time that we went my partner uh, in business, was worked for me at Peach New Media back in the day. He was the technologist, the CTO, and now he's my partner and the lead developer of our platform. Uh, and then we brought in another person from Peach New Media, and now just as of Friday of last week, another person from Peach New Media. Um, we've got 11 people on the team now, four of whom are from my last company, including me. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. So where do you see technology going
1: from here yeah so you know i want to talk about tech right yeah. uh, so i am not i don't consider myself a, i'm certainly not a developer uh, i was about to say i don't consider my, myself a technologist but i i may actually i think i've dedicated my career to um the application of software to business operations right that's that's how i might summarize what it is i do is is improving processes with software but i'm I'm far from a developer i've never written a line of code in my life um, but to, in terms of technology i think a huge trend right now and this might be partly the goggles i wear around this business you, you might have heard me say earlier we're trying to make communications more human mm. let me explain that for a minute and then i'm going go back to answer your question so the way the way humans communicate is through a really simple process it's ask capture and act. And that's what we're doing right here. You see somebody in the grocery store and you see an old friend and you're like, hey, Mark, how you doing? You look great. Have you lost weight? You know, so like that sparks a conversation. You look great. Have you lost weight? So usually there's some sort of prompt. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Well, the how you doing isn't a real question in most cases. It's more like a, I don't know what to say, I got to say something, but <laughs> you, look, you look great. That'd be the prompt. The second the real question is, have you lost weight right And now you're like thanks for noticing, you know yeah I, 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 I got sick of. Um, being heavier than I, I want to be, and I feel great and and i'm running and i'm more active i'm like oh so you started running where you run this sparks this conversation. And the conversation is is a set of actions, based on what the last person said so it's an ask capture listen act over and over and over again for me i like dogs i'm a dog lover as i know you are mark and and so when i see somebody walking a dog i'll walk up to them i'll be like hey what a beautiful dog um that's my prompt right and and i'm not fabricating it's like this is just how humans communicate hey what a beautiful dog my goal by the way is i want to pet the dog but i'm not going to just run out pet the dog it's just rude and risky And what a beautiful dog. And is your dog friendly? I'm going to ask some version of, is your dog friendly? Can I pet your dog? Something like that. And they're going to give me some version of yes or no. Oftentimes it's more than a yes or no, but they're going to give me some version of yes or no. And based on that, I'm either going to go in for some dog loving, or I'm going to back up respectfully. Like that's the ask, capture act process in real life. So what we're doing now is we're doing that at scale for organizations digitally so that this is the key to your original question, where's tech going? So that we're, we're taking that human interaction, we're putting it into, into ones and zeros and technology so that we can dedicate our real human time, our effort into conversations that are really relevant. And so if you send that out to a thousand people, some form of a question out to a thousand people, you're gonna find there might be 50 people that are pretty relevant related to this question that you should have an interaction with, like a real human interaction, whether it's a phone call or you respond back to one person individually or whatever. Like we're looking for those opportunities to maximize the human element. And so that, to answer your question, your question 10 minutes ago was, I believe, one of many places and things that tech is going, besides Mars, is uh, it's making, it's allowing humans to be more human by taking over some of those repetitive, um, unnecessary activities that we do. So the and opposite. Give you a bunch of examples of that.
0: So the opposite of what is fearful for people, right? That tech is going to replace the human. Connection. You're saying tech is enabling a deeper human connection.
1: Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, I think it was the '90s and the zeros. Like, that was a big concern. Is like well, still, X number of jobs. They're still talking about it. Auto automated cars, right? All the taxi drivers are going to be out, and yeah. all the truck drivers are going to be yeah. out. Yeah, the, perhaps. The, uh the self checkout lines, right? But what that allows is technology is taking over these things that aren't utilizing the skills that humans have to offer, right? They're, they're, people are doing robotic things, right? And, and the skill, people have this in, in immense skill for conversation, for interaction, for comprehension, right? Our ability to interact with the people is is really, really important. So let's let the machines do the analysis, the the, the stuff that is highly calculated. And let's let the humans, we have Spock and Kirk, right? Let's let Kirk do, I mean, let's let Spock do the computer stuff, the analysis. Let's let Kirk actually interact with people, do the negotiation, make people feel good or bad if necessary. You know, whatever the human element is, let's take advantage of that. A, a good example, uh, and, and you, you could think of, um, God, there's so many like, Like cars, are we really meant to sit behind the wheel and stay in between the lines for hours at a time and to hit the brake to stop when the car stops in front of us and to to be aware of all those things going on around us? That's not very human, right? That's putting a lot of pressure on a human to do something Humans were meant to sit there and converse with each other and interact with people and and you know think and and stew and chew on things while the car is doing its thing or um think about factories and the way robots are moving cars and pieces and parts around humans are meant to design the cars you know or to to color create these beautiful cars that people desire um equipment I think humans are really meant to be trodden around in the dirt, sweat and and dying of thirst and and planting seeds and and hoping that uh, it sprouts based on the historical evidence or does it make more sense to have a machine do that work for us? And by the way, while it's in there, analyze whether or not it's getting the right amount of water and has the right soil makeup to make it flourish. But the, the one that hits home for me is, is this, it's my dermatologist. I have a, I hope she's not listening because this is not going to be complimentary, but I have a, a dermatologist. I adore her. She's I've been seeing her for a long time. And I see her every six months because I want to take care of my skin. I'm 51 Mark and I, I want to live forever, at least 130. So I go see my, my friend, the dermatologist and this 70 plus year old woman. I don't know how old she is, but I'm gonna say at least 70 and she's wearing her glasses and she takes out her magnifying glass and I I strip down and, and she's now looking at every element of my body. She's picking through my hair and looking at my forehead and looking at my arms and my chest and my back and my legs and my feet. And she's like literally looking at my skin with a magnifying glass in her 73 year old eyes to see if there's something wrong with me. That's not reassuring. Why can't there be a scanner or some sort of system that scans my body based on the millions and millions and millions of samples of skin cancer that we see that can probably do a far more accurate job of identifying melanoma, you know, then let my doctor come in, analyze that, and work on a prognosis with me, or at least start with a diagnosis, and then let's build a prognosis together, and maybe hold my hand if necessary if there's some bad news. But that's what I believe a doctor should be doing. Let the machines do the analysis, and we could go way deeper into that. Now, anyway, that's my long-winded answer as to where I think technology is going. It's allowing us to be more human is what it is.
0: It's allowing us to be more human.
1: It's allowing us to
0: do more thoughtful, purposeful tasks versus robotic. But what about taking it down another lane post-COVID and we're all working remotely? Where does the human element go when everybody's in their own home office?
1: Oh, you're so good at this, man. You're a good interviewer. (laughs) Right. Thank you. Oh, look at you! Are you? You're bashful. Don't be yeah. so bashful. All right. Here's where I think it's going, from the remote work and, and um, and, and you know my company is a remote company, right? We got. I mentioned I have 11 employees at this point, and we're uh, the only state with two employees is Texas. You know, I got Atlanta, Kansas, Virginia. Uh, I don't even know where they all are. I'm here in Massachusetts with you. Um. So it's a it's a remote environment. And I don't even know where they all are, he says. I love that. I you know, if I thought, there's only eleven. If I
0: thought about it, I could tell
1: you where each person is. But still,
0: the whole the whole idea behind that is, you know, because we've been saying that all along in the real estate space is people are going to be where they wanna be, not where they have to be. It's a beautiful thing, but it can be a lonely thing, no?
1: Um I guess it depends on the person. I, I don't think so. I'm not lonely right now. I'm talking to you. Right. And, uh, and, and I think there's a lot of tools that allow us to actually have a pretty good human interaction with each other. Uh, and, and here's here's one, gosh, there really are a lot of tools. We use Slack. And if, if you're not familiar with Slack out there, it's I know you are, Mark, but it, if you're not familiar with Slack and you're listening to Slack is a sophisticated communication tool Kind of like a chat on steroids, right? It it's allows you to have different channels and tag people and add add images and documents and it integrates with a whole bunch of things and uh, you can have private teams inside a chat. So it's it's a very sophisticated chat system, and so it allows us to communicate one to one directly with people super super fast. So, anyone on my team, I could chat with them right now and probably hear back from them unless they're in a meeting of course you don't you can't expect them to respond right away, but when they're ready and available, they will respond. But what we've done is we've implemented a series of exercises or practice best practices, I guess to uh make our days more efficient. I don't know that it makes it more human, but it makes it more efficient and it it maximizes the human element of efficiency. For example, we use Loom, L-O-O-M, and Loom is a video tool, a cloud-based video tool, where you just hit a button on your computer and all of a sudden it's recording your screen and a little image of you or a big image of you and no image of your screen, any variation of your screen and, and a picture of you. And you can record this thing, and as soon as you're done, you get a link that you can post somewhere. And so we use Loom now to ask each other questions. To I send clients responses to their questions using Loom and video. Um, we have a bot that it goes into a channel in Slack and asks on Monday morning, hey, guys, welcome back. What would you do this weekend? Send pics everybody knows that's a bot but what's not a bot is the person that sends a picture of uh, her 40th birthday celebration with her sister in arizona holding up a glass of wine and then everybody commenting on it saying oh my god you look beautiful and uh, that wine looks delicious and what the weather is amazing right that's the human part of it so this bot this technology sparks a conversation among our team then we have another thing called show and tell and that's another channel inside of slack and show and tell uh we tend to focus on fridays everybody will say hey this is something cool i did this week or this is something i've been working on it that's usually a video don't need a meeting to bring everybody together to have this conversation but at at their leisure everybody in the company just posts something that they've been working on doesn't have to be fridays did something cool on a tuesday goes in show and tell so we use these tactics to maintain a high level of communication with each other. Now, having said that, sometimes you need to be around each other, right? Sometimes you need to be there in person. So our leadership team gets together quarterly. We have team meetings where client success or or the development team or sales, they'll get together somewhere for a couple days or we'll have our annual holiday retreat meeting sort of thing where we'll pull everybody in into a fun location. So sometimes you just got to do in person. Oh, and then one more comment, Mark. I uh, we have structured meetings throughout the week. We have our leadership team meets twice a week and the entire company meets twice a week. And in those meetings, I have very low expectation of productivity. <laughs> the purpose of those meetings is just to see each other. Yeah. And to converse a little. And so what I'll do normally is I'll I'll have somebody run the meeting. We might have some sort of creative conversation or question that we want to answer. We might work on a business problem. We might, um, uh, like tomorrow, we're celebrating a big milestone in my company and we're going to uh, have a painting party. We hired somebody to come in. We're gonna spend an hour and a half tomorrow afternoon, all painting um, uh, portraits of something. I love it. With a guide and a glass of wine and and crackers. Tell me about the milestone well we hit a a financial milestone in the business which is very important to a software company Um, the metric one of the key metrics is monthly recurring revenue or annual recurring revenue depending on how you're looking at it and um, uh, we just had a, a number that we're very proud of it shows that we found traction it shows that we found our stride and it shows that we had a real company and it's going somewhere so that's the milestone and we're all celebrating that that's awesome congratulations
0: did you do anything special for your team when you hit that milestone
1: <laughs> well i'm i'm a lover man so like i i uh, yeah i like to celebrate so that the to be honest this this we don't do something like this painting thing every week this painting thing is partially to celebrate cool. that and and i shipped everybody like these cool Yeti mugs with our logo, and, and uh, cheese, and crackers, and uh, and and pepperoni, and, uh, and and a little mini glass of a wine bottle of wine, and so we're just gonna have this celebration. <laughs> Last week, we I I put together a video. My partner and I put together a video for our team where uh, I, we had some industry thought leaders congratulate us on hitting us that, that metric. And uh, I went to Cameo. If you're not familiar, Cameo really, really fun site. Cameo ocom Cameo is where you can pay celebrities to give you a personal video. And so I got uh, Flava Flave. Oh, I love it. Come in and congratulate our team. And then I got I don't I, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know his real name, but Jerry from Parks and Rec. Yeah. I got him to come on board, and and this was cool. And welcome uh our newest team member whose name is Sebastian and the significance there is Jerry from Parks and Rec they had a pony named Sebastian who died and so Jerry came on and, and obviously made a correlation between a new employee named Jerry and I mean uh, Sebastian and his pony on the show that died named Sebastian so yeah awesome. it's Cameo's cameo is a great tool really really fun tool Flava Flave is in the house that is so much as fun. he says as he said at one point he goes flavor Flave, funny guy man we've is... got a lot of tools we're talking about here we got loom we got slack we got cameo we've got some of the best practices in there like like the show and tell and the uh in the bot that asks the question every monday is what'd you do this weekend yeah, yeah lots of fun that. little tips and tricks huh?
0: And what, what uh, platform do you use for your meetings? Is it Zoom?
1: Yep. Yep. I like Zoom. Uh, To me, it doesn't matter. I, I'm not a big fan of Teams. although A lot of people like it.
0: So Zoom's an awesome way to meet, right? We're doing it right now, but there's definitely an element missing, right? I don't get the eye contact, which is for me challenging, right? Because I love eye contact zuckerberg i just listened to recently on a podcast with a gentleman lex friedman and he started talking about what he sees as the future of remote meetings where he uses his metaverse and you're really there with other people do you see that in the near future
1: i don't know dude um it's- I saw it a couple of years ago. My, Microsoft came out with something very similar, where you were in you know, the Oculus kind of yeah. glasses, and you literally turn to your right, and there's somebody sitting in a chair, and you can look around the room. There's people in the chairs. Not only that, but it, 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 this was the Microsoft version. I don't know what they called it. I don't even know that they came out with anything, but uh, it would interpret language too. So if you had a Chinese yeah. person yeah. and an Italian person or a Russian person, like it would interpret for you what they were saying, which uh, just blows my mind. Um, Have you seen the show Upload on- um, No. I think it's uh, Prime, Amazon Prime. It's a super entertaining, silly sitcom sort of show about life after death and you can upload your mind into like this metaverse sort of thing. And then people from real life can visit you in the computer. And one of the ways you can do that with basically with Oculus glasses, one of the ways you do that is you can put on this, this suit, it looks like a scuba suit so that you can actually feel them too. And it's, it's super silly, but entertaining gets you thinking too. You
0: know, when you look back on some of these super silly sci-fi things that are actually coming to reality nowadays, I mean, is it so far-fetched? I I mean, the the, uh, afterlife might be a a challenge to the the tech community, but Zuckerberg (laughs) had me convinced that we are going to be in a boardroom with people from all over the world, speaking different languages, translating, like you said, and actually making eye contact and communicating non-verbally with one another, that you really really can't get right now.
1: But you still lack the smell and the touch. You're missing less,
0: less and less each time though, each advance. But
1: when you go into meta, you're losing reality to like, in other words, like your whiskers and, and your, your your wince. It's gonna take a long time to get a cartoon to look that good. Now, you will never hear me pooh poo technology advancement. It takes time, right? But you asked the question, the question you asked was in the near future. I don't think much is changing and nothing changes in the near future. Things take such a long time to evolve. You know, automated cars, I think it was the eighties when they were working on actually automated cars. AI was started in the fifties, 1950s. In fact, the guy that started AI is it utilizes this one guy's methodology for determining whether or not a computer is real. Has it, has it, has it gotten to the point of being true AI? But the guy that came up with that test was in the 50s, um, and he was gay. And the government, and I'm butchering the story, but the government uh, uh, found out he was gay, um, arrested him, and gave him some pills to uh, try to fix that, and of course it didn't. And he ends up killing himself. So here we are: uh, the the founder of AI, because of his sexual orientation, was um, basically shot down by the government. But needless to say, that's a there's well, a tangent. Yeah, how about well, we've that come, for a tangent? We've come a
0: long way there, too. I would say.
1: I think so. But look how long it took. That's my point. Let's go back to the point is nothing happens in the near future. Dinner. Dinner is going to happen in the near future. That's the only thing I could say for sure is going to happen in the near future.
0: Are we going Um, to see cars driving by themselves in the near future?
1: See, You and I, I think your answer for that is yes. My answer for that is uh, no. I'm just going to say straight up. I think the answer is no. Of course, we need to define near future. I think that I would that's be. It. Let's do it. Okay, so I would say say I'd be willing to gamble. What is it? 2022. I'd be willing to gamble that we will not have true self driving cars. Meaning, like people just sitting in the back seat, chilling, reading a book, uh, any sooner than 2030. So that might be defined. you agree as, or disagree?
0: That might be defined as the near future. I disagree. 2030? I disagree. Um, but again, within five years, we're already at
1: 2027. 20, so, you know, we're splitting I think five hairs. years is the near future. Yeah. I think five five years in the near future. I don't see that happening in the near future. I see
0: certain I see the ability there, whether or not regulations and all will allow for it um will remain to be seen because. I, I see that as being the biggest obstacle.
1: What do you see as some of the most exciting tech trends right now? Like we've, we've talked about AI, we, we didn't really get too deep into AI, but the, the, you know it's really exciting to think about interacting with machine, right? And then uh, we talked about too. self-driving cars. It, anything we don't really understand is scary. Right. The blockchain is super scary to me because I don't get it, but... There's another one, like the blockchain. Is so I heard somebody describe blockchain as the third, which is why it's called uh, Web three, I think. Yeah. Uh, they've described it as first you have computers and PCs, then you have the internet, now you have blockchain. Like that's significant of a leap from internet to blockchain. Like I get it conceptually but there's so much idea. so tell me blockchain ai self-driving cars humanization what do you see as all similar? of the
0: above all of the above so when you talk about what excites me most it's it's um automatic mars we got
1: mars space yeah. travel is coming back
0: yeah so that doesn't excite me as much i see how it could excite a lot of people but you know if if that got to a point where you know it was a reasonable amount to tour Mars. I don't know if I'm interested by the time it is, I'll probably be too old and I won't really, I'll be crotchety and angry anyhow. So I won't want to go. You go, I'm not I going. Saw,
1: Mark. I saw a study, <clears throat> uh, a poll. It's was like a USA today kind of poll. Um, man, I haven't seen an actual paper in a long time, but anyway, uh, I saw a poll that said, if you could go up to space for free, would you go? What percentage of people, let's just say in the U.S., because I don't, I, I'm, I think it was like probably U.S., North America poll sort of thing. What percentage of people do you think said, yeah, they would go into space? I would for say
0: free. that it's lower than you would think, um, specifically for fear-based. There's a fear base associated with that. So I would say
1: 17%. Wow, no, it's significantly higher than that. The it number is. is 63%. Yeah, really 63%. It's not too far off what I would expect. I, I might have guessed like two-thirds, but I think some people, <laughs> you got people that emotions, don't even want to go to a boat, let alone go to Mars, right? 63% get...
0: seems high for me.
1: Dude, free, Mars. Yeah, I Mars. space. You have to float around and do this. Whee!
0: Yeah, but what about the, you know, the... <laughs> I guess, I guess if there's a qualifier that, you know, it's really safe and the success rate is really high, right?
1: Well, it has been the last few years. Yeah, I suppose. So to answer Isn't your question, what Elon's trying to do is, is make space travel repeatable and systematic, like, as opposed to kind of utilizing this spaceship and then you had to
0: build a new one all over? well, he has, he has proved that he can do that, but I think he's also looking to colonize Mars. You know, that's one of his, yeah, that's the big picture, isn't it? Yeah. But to tell, to, to answer your question, what excites me most, um, it is definitely the self-driving vehicles because I love being on the road. I disdain driving. So I think that will be a lot of fun.
1: Um, Yeah. affects you the most out of all those things. AI, can't really see how that's going to affect you. It, it will, but the, it's hard to get your arms around it. Blockchain, like, come on. I I'm, I don't know what that's going to do for for us. I know it's going to do things, but it's really hard to conceptualize. Like self Mars, like, please, that's, we're not going to Mars, you and me. Um, but self-driving cars, that's, you can almost touch it. Yeah. And you and I, well, we love Teslas, right? We love Teslas, so we know like, it's that close.
0: Yeah, and, I, and what's funny to me is when people say, well, how do you trust the computer, right? How do you trust that the computer isn't going how to be- How do you be- trust my 17-year-old son? Well, that's it. How do you trust that person who just had 17 beers at the local tavern, right? Yeah, I don't.
1: That's a lot of beer, too.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, if they couldn't find the door to the car. (laughs) But if that person had a self driving vehicle and jumped in the back seat, I think uh, we've averted a crisis there or a potential crisis. I trust the computer in that respect more than I trust my fellow human.
1: I trust the I trust my Tesla far more than I trust myself when it comes to like bumper to bumper traffic on the highway. Yeah, Tesla is going to do a much better job at stopping when it needs to and going when it needs to. I get too distracted, too bored, and it's nice because
0: that's probably the biggest grind for a lot of people is is the traffic piece of it. But I am also very excited about the potential of the blockchain and cryptocurrency and how it'll affect my business. Right. I mean, in theory, if it worked the way it should work, what I do would no longer be necessary. Right. We're examining chains of title. If the blockchain is, if the blockchain is successful, It's going to be instantaneous and there's records for it. And there would be no need for an entire industry such as mine,
1: which is interesting to me. Your industry would be utilized for the more human element of that process. And I I don't know what that is because I don't know the process nor do I know your business very well, but I'm sure there's elements of what you do that are really best suited for human interaction. And I, again, I don't know what that is. Well, there's always there
0: isn't. a there need. Isn't. I don't know. Well, there's always a need for relationships when it comes to you know, transacting business, right? But what we do, and I'm not minimizing what we do, because what we do is very important in a real estate transaction right now, in our current world. But if we evolve, in a way that the blockchain is truly measuring and connecting one asset to another in real time and analyzing true ownership, then what we do as an industry would no longer be necessary. Now, that doesn't take real estate agents and financiers out of the equation because they're still necessary. They're still relationship-based. Maybe not the financiers. Maybe the mortgage industry becomes completely automated as well. I don't see any of that happening in the, quote, near future. Yeah, but no, I would agree. But, um, and, I, and I, I've seen attempts to um, attack the real estate agents with automation, and that simply has not worked. That is unequivocally... Relationship-based business, but to well,
1: what if what if Mark? Let me just stop there for interrupt you for a second. Um, Yeah, virtual tours don't compare to being there in person. Right. The question is, do you need the real estate agent there with you, or can you use a a a lockbox and a key? Um, Then you have. There's certainly some privacy and security issues with that um is there any technology that could make people feel more secure like that i i don't know i i don't disagree with you i'm just trying to think through it a little bit well i
0: would if we were to go back to your analogy of the dermatologist right they maybe ai can scroll through and figure out the perfect house for the person but You know, if there's five houses, you know, you need that professional to guide you with more human knowledge. Maybe not. Maybe maybe any information that you could possibly need is at your fingertips. But I, um,
1: I think you're right. Sales in general is is a human activity. Yeah. I I think I I think sales in general and real estate agent is is sales.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting to think about. Uh, the future because it's happening so fast it's everything is evolving so so very quickly
1: yeah it's so slow yeah (laughs) you know like oh my god it's it's just amazing how slow things are and at the same time how fast they are uh you know they say that what what did they say the minutes i know the minutes go by so slow and the years go by so fast yeah especially when you're looking at your kids Jeez.
0: Oh, stop it. We are not going that direction right now. I'll tell you that. But that's where I hear that all the time, you know, is true.
1: That's why it's so true. So
0: Dave, one of the things we like to talk about here is icebreakers. Now I know that you are one that puts themselves out there. You're an entrepreneur. You, you risked everything to start a company, sold a company, started a new company. You are a podcast host, by the way, folks, if you like what you hear, I highly encourage you to go to EO360. It's a podcast you can find anywhere you consume podcasts. And Dave is the host. Designed
1: Design for entrepreneurs. It's not all business. You know, shark Attack guy and and a uh, uh, guy that lived in his Tesla for, for a couple months and lots of cool stories in there. Oh, I got uh, the founder of Reebok. That was cool. That's a business story. But man, that guy is awesome. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for plugging a lot
0: of really, really cool people. Uh, The Hal Elrod, the uh, author of uh, Miracle Morning, Morning, which a lot of folks that listen to this have read that. Um, But by putting yourself out there, you um, you take a chance. Right. One of the things we like to talk about putting yourself out there and ice breaking is karaoke. So one of the goals (laughs) I have is a lot of the guests that I have on this podcast are regionally located. So we're going to try to get everybody back together and introduce each other and do a little networking. And one of the things we're going to have on tap is karaoke. So Dave, well, you're up next on the stage. What are you going to be singing?
1: Oh, man, you know what's funny, Mark, is let's just talk about karaoke for a second. I know uh, you're happy to. I love to be the center of attention. It's embarrassing how much I like it. However, it's really interesting. There's certain uh things that i just don't want to be like i, I don't like the attention around it. like it's karaoke it's one of them i you know it, you really have to be kind of vulnerable and i'm not good at being vulnerable right but if, if you're forced to be gun to my head going up singing a song you know, there's a whole bunch of songs that i think i love but you have to take into account difficulty level of difficulty and execution right and so as difficulty goes up the execution goes way down so i'm going to take out any highly difficult songs i'm going to go with like a harry Connick, um song Uh, and i I, I, the recipe of love that's what i'm going to do the recipe of love okay and uh harry Connick, because it's you know, it's an easy song, it's entertaining, it's silly, you can do silly moves associated with it, the facial expressions, all the human elements of it, right? You can, you can embrace them. The so I think that's, that's, that's what I'm going with. It's a simple song that it's, it's kind of
0: hard to screw it up. It's amazing the reactions we get when we talk about karaoke with people.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an emotional game.
0: Because they have uh,
1: immediately visualize themselves doing it. Oh, it's I, I'm I'm starting to sweat a little right now. <laughs> my my uh I have a good friend uh, that in the middle of a company party went up and sang Two Chains, and if you know Two Chains, he's one of the raunchiest rappers out there. And he went up and just like went to town doing his Two Chains impression. It was amazing. <laughs> it was absolutely. Awesome. Because this guy's like super conservative, like chilled, sits, doesn't really talk unless he has something to say, you know, just like you and me. Yeah. Tall, dark, tall, dark, and handsome, just like us, the strong and silent type. So mysterious.
0: Let me, uh, let me ask this last question. So we told everybody where to find your podcast, EO360. What's the best way to find your company?
1: Ah, propfuel. P-R-O-P-F-U-E-L dot com.
0: Propfuel.com. Folks, check it out. Let folks know about it. It is the future. It's about human interaction. And the more human act interaction we have, the better. Dave.
1: Yeah, there hey, Mark, there's a We work mostly with associations, but there's something to learn here, no matter what kind of organization you are. There's a there's a cool download you can get if you're interested called the Conversational Engagement Ebook, and regardless what business you're in, I think it's it's a um, it's a pretty good read in the way that it's it's only like 40 pages, but it um it's a really good methodology for incorporating conversation into your uh, communications and that you can find that right on the website there's a, there's a little takeaway from from the session if you're interested
0: there you go propfuel.com check it out dave thank you so much for coming it's always such a pleasure
1: to talk with you well thanks mark and, and talking about elements of styles we got some elements of styles right here i appreciate you you haven't me on thank you hey you didn't ask me about uh, uh, Kona brand. There's something. Well, let's talk there's about it. Real to quick, talk about right A little, little uh, extra, little special. Yeah, here's an extra. Add on. The, uh, is this a prologue or an epilogue? This would be an epilogue, right? Yeah. This is. Hey, uh, there's special content, additional content. They call this, right? Yeah. So I just realized, like, I'm I'm wearing. Speaking of styles, element of styles. Look at the style I'm wearing. This this Hawaiian flannel shirt and uh, my son my 21 year old son came up with this thing called kona brand the kona brand and uh dot com the kona brand. hawaiian
0: hawaiian flannel i love it
1: you know what man it's about bringing that summer flare into the cooler weather now as we go into spring i'm realizing these are the best shirts for spring because they've got flowers on them they're 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 kind of cool colors you have blue dark blue light blue and, and a Nantucket red and so like while they're cool on the ski slopes in the winter I actually think this is the best time of year for it around here because it's cool still you still really want that long sleeve shirt but man it's a kind of a fun flowery fun shirt for the spring and in the I- summertime you have cool summer nights and then the fall, you don't want to let go of the summer. It's just, it's a year-round shirt. I love that's it. That's my and boy. That's my boy I'm proud of him.
0: Wow. The apple doesn't fall far, eh?
1: Yeah, he's far more creative than I am when it comes to stuff like this. I make software. He makes cool clothing. I love it. And that's- You got the, a little clo- clothier in your family as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lifestyle
0: brands. TheKonaBrand.com. Uh-huh. uh-huh. TheKona, K-O-N-A. K-O-N-A. Brand.com. folks check it out dave thank you my friend we'll talk to you soon hey thanks for joining us today if you enjoyed the show be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone if you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com that's m-s-t-i-l-e-s at styles-law.com and if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers and sellers with all of their title, settlement and escrow needs. Secure Title, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed
1: herein.